probably once a year, sometimes twice a year, we have the men and women of our church. We have some testimonies, and today is that day. And so I really appreciate, and all six testimonies, we have two in each service. All six is going to be on Facebook and YouTube, so you can go back and listen to the other testimonies. I think that'll be an encouragement to you. All right, so, and I know that my words weren't right. I didn't say I repent and believe. You know, I said the novena thing. But God knew my heart. And I have been saved from that moment on in that doorway. I, I just... All right. Um, oh, I also had chemo, and I got chemo brain, kind of, sort of. Uh, let me... Th- I wanted to say that no one led me to the Lord or tried to. I'd never attended a Bible-believing church that I heard how to be saved. And when somebody asked me, how am I saved, I say, by the grace of God. And I didn't, I started reading, I tried to read the Bible, I had a Bible, before I got saved. And then after I got saved in that doorway, I picked up that Bible And it said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And when I read that, I thought, what was there not to get? And then I think of amazing grace. I once was blind, but now I see. And in that doorway, a light went on in my life, which was Jesus. And I've been saved ever since. By the grace of God. I mean, I, I don't understand how, why I'm even standing here or how I got here. So I thank you, God. Now I'm going to tell you about um, my experience this year. At the beginning of the year, I got breast cancer. No big deal. Stage zero, not chemo-worthy. And then when they go to do the surgery, they find another cell in there called HER2, H-E-R-2. And that, years ago, was a death sentence. But right now, there are two drugs that can take care of this HER2, and supposedly, I should make it. (laughs) Let's hope I do. Um, But I also, and, and then they took out three lymph nodes, and one had cancer in it. So now I'm chemo worthy. I am a stage two, and this chemo is just nasty stuff. You never know. Every time you have a um, treatment, you have no idea what the symptoms are going to be, and they're different every time. The first three weeks, I had a sore throat. Then I got lumps on my neck and my head and my face, which were just strange, nothing you ever saw before. My legs and feet hurt, and they still hurt today, not as bad. Chemo stopped in August. so I had a fever off and on for days. I lost my voice for 11, 11 days. I could talk like this, and that was, that was it. Couldn't, go, couldn't do any better. And I run a pool store, and if I had to talk to a customer on the phone, Sarah Blackburn, you probably know her, she works for me, 
She'd have to sit next to me and I'd have to tell her what to say to the customer, put them on speaker. I tried real hard to uh, stay at the pool store. I had a cough that wouldn't quit. Um, to the point I had to take pills and I wish I had a couple of those right now. I have a taste in my mouth that's just nasty. You don't eat. I have, I, there were many days I didn't eat, sometimes three in a row. Can't eat, can't drink, and I'm a health nut, and I know you gotta eat, and I know you gotta drink, but I just couldn't do it. Then I lost about 15 pounds, and I didn't need to lose 15 pounds. And I always say I look like a walking coat hanger now because I just am so skinny. I had five infusions for hydration because I didn't eat. And pretty soon then August comes and chemo stops. Her too doesn't stop for a year, but chemo does. And I couldn't wait. You know, I wanted to be able to eat. I wanted not to be surprised what side effect I'm going to have. And, and I'm good for about 30 days. And then after chemo, I had to do radiation for 25 days. But on day 16, I wake up and I tell my husband, Michael, who has taken great care of me, um, I said, I'm sick. And by sick, I mean, um, like I, it's a balloon and it lets all the air out. I had no strength. Nothing hurt, but I had no strength at all. So he goes and gets an in-home COVID test, and we take it, and of course I have COVID. I have COVID one month after I finish chemo. And this COVID is just, anyway, I go, I go to the emergency room, and I go in there, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, I, I can't, sit up hardly. It, it, it was just dr very draining. So I go in there and I tell the lady I have COVID and do you have a place I can lay down? There's 15 people in there ahead of me. So you're talking hours. And if an ambulance comes, they trump everything. Uh, and she said, no, I don't have a place for you to lay down. And I would like for you to go sit in the COVID section over there. So I sat in the COVID section and I just thought, I'm gonna probably, and I'm not exaggerating, I could end up on the floor because this is how much strength I lost. But they call me right away, I mean in minutes, uh, I think to do your insurance card. So she gets there and they put that little thing on your finger to check your oxygen. Well, I have gel nail polish on and that little thing doesn't read your oxygen. So then, so if anybody, any ladies are going to the hospital, get one nail clear so that they can read your oxygen. But I didn't know. Uh, then they put it on my ear, then they did something else, and pretty soon oxygen comes in the room. Then they send me to um, um, CAT scan, and I have a, um, I gotta think, blood clot in my left lung. Now I get a room and I can go upstairs and lay down. <laughs> so, and I'm gonna, and I was in that hospital for 12 days and I'm just gonna tell you about one day. I can't leave this mic, I guess, because I wanna walk out. Um, I wake up and I'm standing up 
there's a nurse on this side, a nurse on this side, and there are nurses all over the place in my room. And they said that I was unconscious, I wouldn't wake up, they couldn't talk to me. Now, how, do, how am I standing? And I don't know. And I, I would have asked more questions, but, you know, then I didn't care. I just was so drained to say, how can, how can I have passed out and I'm just now waking up and I'm standing? But that's how it was. And I have passed out a couple times that I'm aware. Uh, I've been unconscious and can't do anything. All right. Uh, then my husband, then I come home and my husband goes to the primary care physician. He also had COVID during the time I did, but he didn't have to go to the hospital. He just had pneumonia. <laughs> so so he, he got to stay home. And then at the hospital, they, um, I could have no visitors. But uh, after X amount of days, Luann came up and cut my hair because it was really a mess. So, all right. Um, all right, so Michael goes to the doctor, and, and they talk about COVID. He's got COVID. I got COVID. And they talk about me. And, they, and the doctor says, anybody that has chemo and goes directly into COVID, the majority of them die. And then he hands my husband this durable power of attorney, have her sign this, take that home. And I guess he thinks I'm still iffy, so. But I got the paper here and I didn't fill it out. <laughs> because you know what he doesn't know? He doesn't know that I got 50 to 100 get well cards, mostly from you people in here. And all those cards, every single one of those cards when I open it up, it says, I'm praying for you. Amen. Now, is it possible that I could not be standing here if you didn't pray for me? I think it's possible. And I want to thank... Oh, and I still get these cards. And this, start, this uh, chemo stuff started in May. I still get these cards, and I want to thank you all for praying for me, for not giving up. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, because I think it's possible I could not be standing here. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. I'm David Davis, and I'm happy to be here with you this morning. Even though my son's not, I had to get him up when it was dark. So he was not happy. <laughs> uh, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in my life when I was 12 years old. My oldest sister was going uh, steady with the deacon's son. And uh, she snuck me out of the house because our house at that time was Irish Catholic. So I didn't have the opportunities to go to church like I had wanted to. But anyway, my sister snuck me out of the house, and uh, we went to a revival. 
and the evangelist's name was Brother Spear from Potosi, Missouri, and he was a huge man. Now, you have to, I'm a little 12-year-old boy, and he looked really huge, but the scary thing of the whole thing was he had one eye that could look this way and another eye that looked that way. So I'm sitting on the third row of the uh, church seat there, and he preached a hellfire-burning revival. I'm telling you, he laid it on us. And uh, every time I looked up, he was looking right at me. But I don't know what I was looking at me for sure. But the thing of it was, he was staring me down really well. And all of a sudden, I come under conviction because he preached the truth of God's word. And it really, the Holy Spirit touched my heart and showed me that I needed to accept him before I left that building that day. So I asked Jesus Christ into my heart, and I was saved, and I was so excited. Uh, to tell you how excited I was, now you have to remember I'm 12 years old. As soon as service was over, I ran outside, and I looked up in the sky because I thought for sure I could see Jesus. And it was real to me. It wasn't anything funny. It was real. I just knew that I could see Jesus there. His presence was so real in my life. But uh, after that time, I couldn't go back to church for quite a while because uh, my sister also snuck me out of the house so I could be baptized. And I was baptized in the Merrimack River and uh, the old kind way, you know. And, uh, and, but I got to witness to my twin sister. I have a twin sister. The night after I was saved, we camped out on a Friday night in a homemade tent. We lived down by the Merrimack River. So every once in a while, we'd camp out and build us a tent. Well, anyway, I got to witness to my sister Diana, and I told her how I felt and how real it was and how that Jesus came into my heart. Well, the next night, she went back to the revival, and she got saved. So she was my first person to be able to witness to for the Lord. But, you know, in growing up, uh, my sister, oldest sister, finally married the deacon's son, and they were sent to San Diego, California, because he was enlisted in the Navy. So my being able to go to church didn't happen then. So I had to wait till I was 16 because my parents gave us the right to choose what faith we wanted at the age of 16. So we decided that we was going to go to the church we were saved in. So my twin sister and I, we went every Sunday. And that was the first opportunity I had to study God's word, uh, to really sit in a Sunday school class and enjoy the teachings of a good teacher, in which I did have one. So uh, after that, I was 19 years old, and I got drafted. I was drafted to go to Vietnam, and I was there for 13 months in Vietnam. And uh, I was a sergeant. I had 11 men under me, and I had a lot to worry about. But you know something I decided to do? Uh, when I went to Vietnam, I had a little New Testament Bible, a little bitty one, and I made a decision in my heart that every day I would read a chapter in the New Testament. So I did, and uh, I'll tell you what, I, I constantly started growing and growing in the Lord's Word, and uh, the, then I had a, a very good memory. I understand chemo brain, uh, sister, 
very much. So, um, but anyway, I got to know the Lord through reading his word and understanding the things of Jesus Christ and what he had done for us. So it was very special to me. I was kind of sorry that I had to wait so late in my life to do that, but I was still blessed that I accepted Lord Jesus Christ at that time. Uh, now, there were so many times in Vietnam that I should have been killed, and I'm not saying that to be funny. It, it was real. Uh, my guardian angel, I was told Rosemary, had to be literally wore out when I got home because he protected me so much. And every day I prayed for my 11 men that they would be protected and also not be hurt. But so many things happened to us that we all should have been killed. But they weren't. God protected us. and My guardian angel was there protecting me. And I thank God every day for that. So after I got home from Vietnam, uh, I used to sing with my two sisters right before I went to Vietnam, and uh, we sang as a acapella trio in uh, the old Friendship Baptist Church. And uh, so as soon as I got home, they started nudging me and saying, we got to sing again. we got to sing why well, I hadn't sung for over two years, so I didn't know if I could or not. So, but anyway, I started practicing with them. They had the folk festival at St. Clair, and we were asked to sing there that night for the folk festival. So we sang, and, but before we did that, we had to practice, and we practiced at the church. And um, one day, I was sitting on the front porch of the church, and this real pretty fancy car pulls up, and all of a sudden, this beautiful lady gets out of the car, and I said, I know her, and her name was Rosemary Day Huff at that time. And the funniest thing to me at that time was, I'm going to marry that girl. And when I had came home, now this is what's funny, um, my wife even remembers this. She said, I was going to date every girl in St. Clair. I had never been on a date, been in Vietnam all that time. I was going to date all the girls. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Because God showed me the lady that I was going to marry. <clears throat> and that particular day, she had just broke up with her boyfriend. So uh, she was having a hard time herself that day. And then I asked her, uh, we were practicing in there. And I always thought she was older than I was. And I, my ignorant ways that I have, I asked her, I said, how old are you? And she said, I'm 20. And 20, that's how old I am. So, but anyway, we kind of hit it off, and then all of a sudden we went to a church picnic on the gravel beach down by my house, which I knew by walking blind I could walk all the way through the place. I grew up on it. So anyway, we've come to love and admire one another, and uh, we've been married for 52 years, and uh, I love her so much to this day, and she means everything to my life. And uh, she helped me to grow in the Lord so much because she had been trained as a young girl in the Word of God. And anything that always came to my mind, I could ask her, and she would know exactly where it was found, and she would always share that with me. So I was continually growing in the Lord. Well, at the age of 27, I was ordained a deacon at the Elmwood Missionary Baptist Church in Lonedale, Missouri. And uh, I steadily then continued to grow in the Lord. 
uh, more so, and I was amazed what God was doing in my life. Okay, finally, in 2012 of June, uh, I was called to St. Louis to a specialist, and it was a cancer doctor, and he told me that I had multiple myeloma cancer, and it was stage 3A, and might have about four years to live, and that they would give me uh, treatments along the way to help me through it to, to be able to make it that far. Well, as you can see, I'm still here, and uh, God has loved me so much, and he helped me through everything. And that day we sat there, and the doctor asked, he said, well, do you have any questions? And uh, my wife, Rosemary, said, well, does this go to other organs? And he said, no, it does not. But he said, the bones of your body will suffer the, the reason of my, multiple myeloma. So uh, we both walked out of the room, and the doctor was shocked that we didn't have any more questions. And uh, as soon as we stepped outside the door, Rosemary looks at me and she says, we've got a, a lot to deal with, a lot to fight. And I said, yes, but I'm a fighter. And uh, so we turned everything over to the Lord. And I can't tell you how amazing God has been in my life. I have grown so much in the Lord since the day I found out I had cancer. And I just want to share with you my biggest reason that I would like to speak with you today is your journey with the Holy Spirit. So many of us push the Holy Spirit to the side, but the Holy Spirit is so powerful in our life. And if you recall, when Jesus left his disciples, he told them that he would send them another comforter, someone to direct them, teach them, show them the ways that God would want them to go. Now, I'm paraphrasing this. But anyway, that is exactly what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit has been so real in my life, it's unbelievable. I came before the church uh, about three years after I found out I had cancer. I had the elders of the church. In James 5.14, it says, Call the elders of the church together, have them anoint you with oil, lay hands on you, and pray for healing. So I did this. I totally surrendered every ounce of my being before God at that time. And God has definitely honored his word. Now, a year and a half, or almost two years ago now, um, I uh, was diagnosed. I had two bone marrow transplants. Neither one of those worked. They held me for a few years, but they didn't work. Then I was accepted by Washington University for clinical trials, and I had three of them to take. Well, the first one they gave me, it didn't do anything at all, and we went through months of chemo and all of this, so that's why I said I know what chemo brain is all about. And, uh, and then the second one, I took it, and it was helping, but it was really bothering my heart, so we had to quit taking that one. Well, the last one, was the one that where they take your stem cells and send them to New Jersey and they make them cancer-fighting cells. Now this takes a process of six months and you go through it, you do get chemo along the way, and then when they get the stem cells, they send them back and immediately they infuse them back into your body. 
Uh, the minute they did that to my body, I passed out and I was out for almost a day and I woke up and I had lost a lot of memory. And to this day, I still have lost a lot of memory. But still, uh, I woke up and I felt good. I wasn't sick. You know, I was doing okay. My memory was just messed up. And the doctors would come in every day and ask me a series of questions to see how smart I was or whatever. And they asked me, who was the president of the United States? And I said, Dr. Rabbi Vish. <laughs> he was my doctor. So my doctor still laughs about that today at Barnes Hospital. So, but I was serious. I, I just knew he was the president of the United States. So, but anyway, after I was uh, done with that process, it took three weeks, and my cancer is zero. Zero. <laughs> but the reason that I want to share this with you so much is that one day, and Brother Roger can testify to this. I don't even see him now. Oh, there he is. Oh, okay, there he is. But uh, I asked Brother Roger if we could do James 5.14 again before this procedure. And he said, well, certainly, we'd be happy to do that. Well, uh, that was on a Sunday that I asked Brother Roger that, and we was going to plan it for the next week. Well, on Tuesday of that week, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, David, God is going to honor his word and heal you. Now, a lot of you might be doubtful about that, but the Holy Spirit has spoken to me many times. And the reason it does that is because I'm so hard-headed that I don't listen to the Spirit's call. But I do now, and he directs me. But the Holy Spirit can deal with all of us in different ways. But the thing of it is, don't reject the Holy Spirit. Let it be a part of your life. Because the peace that brought me through my cancer-fighting situation was unbelievable. I had no doubts. I had no fears. I just accepted what come my way. And God honored it. And my doctors in St. Louis now are still saying it's unbelievable. It just doesn't happen. I went through with five other people, and all other five of the people didn't come through like I did. So I give all the praise and the glory to God for what he has done for me. Now, he has given me a purpose to be here. I feel that in my heart. And in my heart, that's why I wanted to share with you your relationship with Jesus Christ is so important. Your daily prayer, just read the word of God. Don't let it go by. We have such a great, blessed opportunity that we have God's word that we can read, we can study, and it prepares us for what is coming when the Lord comes back to take us home. But be ready, folks. Let the Holy Spirit guide and direct you. Let's go out and win the lost to him. Let's get out and tell people about Jesus Christ. And we will be ever indebted to God because of what he can do through us. So I want to thank you for this opportunity to share my life with you this morning. And I pray in some way you've received a blessing. Thank you.